0: We're starting a a new sermon series this morning uh, for the season of Advent, and we'll take it right up until January 1st, the Sunday after Christmas. Yes, Christmas is on a Sunday this year as well as New Year's Day. So those of you that know me know that it's my favorite thing that happens in the church year when Christmas falls on a Sunday. Favorites in quotation marks and italics. uh, (laughs) uh... But this morning we start our Advent celebration with a um, a series that's about light Uh, the scriptures when they talk about God often use the metaphor of light to do that and we're going to be taking some time throughout Advent uh, this season where so much of the dance of light is is the point of the season and just looking at some of these texts throughout the scriptures about light as that representation of the of the character and the the essence of God. And we begin today with the first mention of light and that is in the first book of the Bible in the first verses of that first chapter of the first book Genesis 1 verses 1 through 5 where we have God's first recorded command and God's first expression of desire in that uh, word let there be light in the beginning when God created the heavens and the earth the earth was a formless void and darkness covered the face of the deep while a wind from God swept over the face of the waters and then God said let there be light and there was light and God saw that the light was good And God separated the light from the darkness. And God called the light day and the darkness he called night. And there was evening and there was morning the first day. Let's pray. Lord, help us to dwell in the the warmth of your light this day, to know ourselves to be in your presence, and to experience the grace and assurance that comes from the knowledge that there's nothing that can separate us from your love. So we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen. So in my first year of seminary, back in 1979, I uh, had a class during that first semester of my first year Biblical Hebrew, a, an introduction to Biblical Hebrew with Dr. Rigsby. And I still remember a a brief lecture that he delivered on the very text that we just read, Genesis 1, 1 to 5, and he was talking especially about that whole notion of how the earth was formless and void, or that the earth was without form and void, depending on which translation you use of that. But the Hebrew words for that, that phrase are tohu vabohu. The earth is formless and, and void. And he elaborated on the meaning of, of these two words. They, they pretty much, that's what they mean. But he said that it's a sense of being without visible form or structure, and also without visible content or substance. He joked at the time that Tohu Vabohu was what he wrote at the top of exegesis papers that he had failed. <laughs> without visible form, without visible content. <laughs> I never saw that on any of the papers that he returned, but uh, I, so I don't know whether he was honest about that or not, but that's essentially what this phrase means is, tohu wabohu is that nothing made sense. Mass didn't come together in a meaningful or, or purposeful whole is what the writer's getting at. And Genesis begins with this as its description of the world, a world that that doesn't make sense. Masses of unrelated matter without purpose, tohu vabohu. But God speaks and things begin to take shape, as Genesis tells us. God's first recorded words, God's first described action is to speak light into existence. Or perhaps what he does is to simply name the truth that is always true with him when he comes into any place, and that is to name the character of his presence, and the character of his presence in Genesis 1 is light. God engages God shows up and there is light and with that light things start to come together in the telling of this ancient story of creation. Things start to make sense, a purposeful context, a purposeful structure, something of substance begins to come into view. What's interesting about this, those of you that know Genesis well, know that the sun and the moon don't appear in the narrative until the fourth day. So this is a light of a different kind, obviously. Although the light is called day and the the darkness is called night, as, as God says that, and distinctions are made between light and darkness, the sun and the moon come later in this story. In fact, ironically, they come after the creation of of land masses and the separation of waters and after the creation of vegetation then we have this sense of this great light that rules the day and the lesser lights that are set in the tent of the heavens to rule the night the first light that's mentioned here is the light of god's presence and this light i believe is not distinguishable by the physical creation this light is god himself it's the light that is the generator of all lights and god speaks god shows up and this light is just there it's helpful to explore some of the things that light does in order to kind of root ourselves in this because light is this kind of all-encompassing thing to which we attribute all sorts of things and which give us benefits in all sorts of ways. Light, first of all, illumines for us. It, it helps us to see where we're going. The word of God, the scriptures say to us, is the, the lamp to our feet and the, the guide and the light to our path. Light keeps us from tripping light warms and it thaws it makes frozen surfaces into a thawed place and it releases water so that it can flow the dance of light and dark establish the rhythm of the day we know ourselves to be in a particular place or time because the light is out or the light is gone and Even the book of Genesis uh, speaks of the rhythm of day and night and actually speaks of it in terms of night and day. After each of the days of creation, it says, and there was evening and there was morning one day. There was evening and morning a second day. In the Hebrew cosmology, the day begins with sundown. The day begins with night. And sunrise is a part of the full day, not not the beginning of the day, but something that comes in the middle of the day, quite literally. And And so this whole sense of evening being the start of the day is very much rooted in the notion of Sabbath, where we stop and we experience God's grace most profoundly when we are asleep, when we are out of the way, when we are not striving. Light is a metaphor for insight, awareness, discovery. It is that connector with a truth that somehow leads to creativity and and inspiration. And light in its most profound sense is the source of life. Apart from light, that interaction between chlorophyll and light producing chemical reaction called photosynthesis we would not have food apart from the light light is the source of life so as you can see if we play with this metaphor of light we see that light is the great integrator light is what makes sense of our world it brings form and content it organizes and deploys the the mass that was once without structure and and without content or or substance. Is it any wonder that over and over and over again, the scriptures demonstrate this notion that God is light? You know, there's a tendency I think that we have when we read the creation story especially if we've been hanging around the church for very long. We read the the creation story as if it's primarily about us. That it's primarily about the creation of humanity, that somehow the the creation of humankind on the sixth day and being created in God's image, that chapters two and three where creation is a kind of precursor to our fallenness, the description of, of how we fail to trust god that that's really what those first three chapters of genesis are all about and and for us as christians sometimes what we do is we read the creation story and we see it as only a setup for the story that is to come in christ but there are some essential profound truths irrespective of what comes after that phrase let there be light there's some essential and profound truth in in god's first command which is basically nothing more than a statement about himself it's a statement of truth that he speaks but that is true even without the word being spoken because light has shown up and this kind of light is a description of the God who is the source of all things, the one God who made us, and for whom we exist. As St. Paul says in probably my favorite passage of Scripture, you, know, although there are many gods and many lords, for us there is one God, the Father, from whom are all things, and we exist for him, and one Lord Jesus Christ, through whom are all things, and we exist through him. That message is as clear in the phrase, let there be light, that God utters at the beginning of the story as it is in the light that dawns in John 1 as Jesus breaks into our darkness. Genesis is the first telling of God's marvelous grace to show up and to bring to being because he is light. You know, in closing, it's helpful to note that if you want a a good Reader's Digest version of the Bible, the word light is an important word to keep in mind because it is a book that begins with the pronouncement that God makes, let there be light, and it is a book that ends with the pronouncement in Revelation 22 that, that there's no longer any need for sun or lamp to light our darkness, for the Lord is with us and the Lord himself is our light. What is true in Genesis is true in Revelation, and much passes in between those two things that help us to understand fully what that means. But ultimately, the truth is there that God is light, that the Lord is with us because the Lord has chosen to be with us. And so we end with those same notes in John's first letter. We declare to you what was from the beginning, what we have heard, what we have seen with our eyes, what we have looked at and touched with our hands concerning the word of life. This life was revealed and we have seen it and testify to it and declare to you the eternal life that was with the Father and was revealed to us. We declare to you that we have seen and heard so that you also may have fellowship with us. And truly, our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. We are writing these things so that our joy may be complete. This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light, and in him there is no darkness at all. Would you pray with me, please? Lord, reduce us to this simple truth and usher us into its complexity as well. Help us to turn our attention toward you, to focus on you as light, and to allow that light to shine in our lives and through our lives to others. For we pray in Jesus' name, the light of the world, amen.